it was the tenth grade, and our dates cross dressed and dressed dressed as Moulin Rouge as, as well, oh, and it was really ah. great. Nice. It was hard at the time because I was dating the guy that I went. Um, to the party with and he was dressed as a woman and he kept on trying to kiss me but he had oh, lipstick on oh. and uh, weird. yeah and he was wearing a bra with, like his hairy chest uh, and it was just like I mean I was in lingerie so he was like really into it but he was right. like I wasn't really into him yeah yeah he looked just like his mom that night this is a mistake Welcome. <laughs> You're listening to This Was a Mistake. I'm Shelby. I'm Josh. I'm Martha Ellen. And I'm Catherine Taylor. Hey-o. Hey. <laughs> Today we're joined by Catherine. We are so happy to have you here. Welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we start off with you just telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Where do I start? I am Catherine. I am from Tuscaloosa. I live in Birmingham. No way. Yep, that's me. Yeah. Um, What do I do? I am a photographer. Mm -hmm. I mainly shoot weddings and families. And she also took the photographs of us on Josh's bed. Yeah, that's right. The podcast. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of fun. For this thing that we're doing. So, how did you get in the the camera game? In the camera game. (laughs) That's a good question. Growing up, I've always been, I guess, labeled creative. Mm. And uh, I never really had like an outlet to, you know, to be creative creative in. in. Yeah. Um, And so um, I always felt like that I was like making up stories in my head or like my sister and I. We grew up, like, playing outside or in the creek a lot, and we'd always, like, make up these stories or, like, murder mysteries Mm. or, like, scavenger hunts or, you know, we'd always, like, start writing these books, and it never felt natural to me. Like, sister, my sister would, like, start writing fiction books, and I was like, I'm going to do that, too, but it never really worked, so... um, I did. I took one of my mom's film cameras and like, like tried to tell a story with it. Hmm. And like for each picture, I would like tell a different part of the story. And it felt so liberating. That's so cool. So yeah, whenever I got the film developed, um, I got to like flip through the stack of photos and like watch a story happen, which is super fun. And yeah, I started doing that more and then when I got older I just always carried a camera with me I have a pretty bad memory um and I realized like that if I didn't have a photo of something I couldn't really remember it so I started taking a camera around with me and just like always taking snapshots Mm -hmm. of things that I wanted to remember and I would just get those developed and put them in like a big scrapbook mm-hmm. and it was always so much fun to like I go back and look at everything that I'd done that year and yeah. then I just decided that I liked it and it was fun so I kept doing it. Did you go to school for photography? I did. I went to the University of Alabama 
and um, majored in photography and did minor in ceramics. And yeah, it was super fun. The type of photography I did was mainly film and darkroom. So whenever I graduated, I kind of had to learn how to do digital because it was cheaper. Interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cool. And then when I was in college, someone asked me if I wanted to shoot their wedding for $500. Whoa. And I was like, that is the most money I've ever heard of. Absolutely. (laughs) So I did it. And then after that, people kept asking me, kept giving money to me to shoot their wedding. Amazing. I love yeah. when people throw money at you. Yeah. <laughs> and like people just haven't stopped giving me cool. their money. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds very successful I know. to me. <laughs> I know. People are like, that. wow, <laughs> how did you work up to this like successful business? And I'm like, people just stop, like haven't stopped giving me their money. <laughs> there it is. That's all you need to know. <laughs> business 101. Yeah. And then you can buy my business course at www.catherinetaylor.com. You will be just as successful as she is. Yep. Guaranteed. People will throw money at or you. Or your money back. Or, well, yeah. No. Yeah, y'all don't get y'all's money back. <laughs> if you don't like it, you don't like it. I've already spent it. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was thinking when you were talking about you and your sister growing up and how she used to like write stories and you would take pictures and how you kind of thought like you should be writing stories too because that's what she was doing. Growing up with siblings, that was always something that we had to figure out too. It like you have someone who you're so close with and obviously like yours is a twin, so exactly the same age, but me and like the two sisters right under me, we were always kind of in unintentional competition of like, and Claire and I, especially the one right under me because we had so many similar interests. And so we'd both try and do the same things or like I try and copy her in some ways and she'd try and copy me. But it's like you said, it just like didn't feel right. And that's so true that when you're doing something that isn't like utilizing your giftings, then it just feels fake and empty and that you can't like complete it. Yeah. And like I thought the direction that Claire ended up going in was going to be like what I was going to do. Um, just, I mean, she majored in photography and like, I thought I was going to kind of go in that direction because that was one of the ways I knew how to release something creative. Yeah. And then just, I don't know, like there were so many different things, but it's interesting having siblings and everyone trying to decipher their own path yeah. and find their own way. And like one of my little sisters, I have three sisters and a brother, the youngest girl, she said at one point um, a while ago, she goes, I don't know which personality to be because all the personalities are taken. Oh, And I thought that was really interesting because she has such a good mixture of her three older sisters Mm -hmm. and she was trying to figure out like who she wanted to be where she fit. Yeah. Yeah. Where she fit. And I mean, I never thought about that because I kind of just trailblazed my own way and I didn't have anyone to like look up to, to like copy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of just tag teamed with my sisters right under me, Mm -hmm. but 
And I've really thought about the fact that when you have so many sisters or people who are similar to you, all you kind of know when you're growing up is to mimic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason that I started playing guitar is because my older sister played. Yeah. And then she stopped playing. And that's I was cool. Like, it was your sister. Yeah. What? Okay. You do a lot of weddings. You mm-hmm. do a lot of families. Yep. Um, Did you kind of, you said in college someone paid you and they're like, would you shoot my wedding? Did you kind of have the intention of going into that or did you think you would do more like editorial stuff or like what kind of like, was that your? Yeah. So, um, in photography school at UA, I'm pretty sure it's like this at most art schools, but like it's kind of frowned upon to do like a, like to take the, your photography into a service industry mm. and uh, like they make fun of people who like shoot families and weddings yeah. and newborns and stuff like that. Um, and so like the idea in art school is like that you'll become this famous fine art photographer that is it, you know, in all of the galleries and you're going to create all of this great, mm. I don't know. I can't even like put my mind, wrap my mind around like what they wanted a, like us yeah, to do. Yeah. Um, so like I never thought that I would ever be a wedding photographer. I thought that I would make art and be in nice fancy galleries and yeah. like, I don't know. And, um, so that's kind of what I went to school for is like harnessing all of my feelings and putting them into Mm. pieces of photography, which is not easy. Let me tell you. And so I always felt like I struggled, um, with that. Um, like we would have an assignment that would be like, I want you to do a photo series on how you think you will die. And like, in about your like your own mortality and like well I guess I'm gonna (laughs) take some pictures of me with a knife in my (laughs) chest like it never like I never could connect with that like the artistic part of that yeah like and people would come in with like these beautiful like abstract like photos or like it's always some somebody naked and Mm. then them being like art this is here's my art and I'm going to make this tie into this assignment somehow. And so I always felt like that I was that I just like struggled to connect like fine art with photography because growing up I used a camera as a way of documenting things. Mm-hmm. Um and it always involved people. And so when when I was in art school I just always it never felt natural to me to like create some a piece of art or a series out of nothing Mm. um and somehow it all my work always involved people and so when I shot the wedding I was like oh my gosh like this is great like this day is happening for someone and I just document it like I felt so alive when I was doing it and um and I mean, the hardest part was like 
taking pictures of the couple, like when they're actually looking at the camera, because mm-hmm. you have to tell them what, mm-hmm. what to do. But other than that, it just was like a fly on the wall. And I was like, whoa, like people make money doing this. And I guess over my childhood, I'd kind of trained my eye to like capture candid moments really quickly mm-hmm. um, and to notice when they were about to happen, which helps me now. Anyway, um, so... No, I never thought that I would be a wedding photographer. It did just happen, but it makes a lot of sense um, that I do document people's lives. Yeah. Because that's what I fell in love with about photography to begin with. Do you think you'll do it forever? Hmm. Forever. I don't know. I ask myself that question every day. Yeah. Um, I don't know like what I want to do yeah I don't know if it's photography um like every other day it changes to where I like I love my job and I'm so blessed to have people give me their money and I don't understand why they give me their money and then like today I'm like why do I do this Mm -hmm. like I have no idea why I do this (laughs) um and and will I do it I forever? I don't know. Uh, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what I want to do. I think that's okay, though. You don't need to know. Welcome yeah. to the club. I yeah. kind of am taking this approach of, like, riding the wave. You know, like, I enjoy what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And, I mean, I, like, haven't questioned it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, because opportunities have been just kind of popping up in front of me and I'm just like, Oh, I'll just take that and take that. Um, but for a while, like I was kind of in this mode of like, I had a job, I went to an office, like, I was like, I don't know if this is really, really what I want to do forever, Mm -hmm. but I'm enjoying it for today. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of was like, all right, I'm just going to take it one step at a time. And I mean, security is nice and knowing what you want to do with your future is nice, but I think that there's, it's really okay to not know what the future holds for you because when you have an idea and expectation of like what your future is going to be, a lot of times you'll be very disappointed when it doesn't come out that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've been very disappointed in the past and that kind of, maybe I swung the full other direction of being like, I have no idea what my future is going to be and I don't need to know what the future is going to be. Yeah. And I plan for it. Like I, I try and be wise in my decisions and I try and prep financially for the future and those types of things. But I think that it's completely okay just to kind of ride the wave that you're on for now. If opportunity arises, if a desire and a dream and a passion wells up inside of you, follow that. Don't ignore it. Um, because I think that that's the way that people get stuck is when they ignore something that might just be like an inkling inside of them. Yeah, I think that's really good advice because I don't know. I think everyone, I just turned 29. So mm-hmm. I've been like really thinking about like, well, I'm almost 30. And I always thought when I was 30 that I'd be married and have kids and like, yeah have a savings account and have a house just things that my parents got married when they were really young so I just always thought that you know my life would be like them yeah 
Um, and so and I've just been questioning everything in a really good way, though. Yeah. Like, I've totally started, like, rearranging my life in a way where I'm like, okay, what am I doing? Like, do I like to do this? Does it make me happy? No? All right, great. Let's do something else. Or yeah. what direction do I want to go in to? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to pick something that makes me happy. Yeah. And I think that I'm really enjoying kind of like reanalyzing my life or analyzing it. And I'm always analyzing it. So reevaluating that word too. That works. Um, and kind of seeing, well, all right, well, uh, grew this business from the ground up and, um, it's pretty successful. And do I want to keep growing it and, you know, keep shooting weddings or do I want to work on another project? I don't know, but I just tried to hire an intern or I am, Mm -hmm. I am hiring an intern. (laughs) My number is just kidding. You can't have my phone number, but you can email me. Anyway, email or Instagram. We'll do plugs at the end. Yeah, um, I'm just kidding. But I, I am hopefully going to have an intern soon. I think that's really good. Yeah. And I think that there's also something to be said about like when you do run your own business, you can get really overwhelmed by yeah. the monotonous, like tedious little things, and it doesn't allow as much room for growth and creativity and for like you to explore things yeah so I think that that'll probably take some weight off your shoulders I think so too I never knew that being a wedding photographer would look so differently I think I like getting into the business it looked kind of glamorous from the outside like I'd listen to like podcasts where to be like I shoot 12 weddings a year and I make six figures you can too and uh I didn't realize how hard it would be to to like run a business but also like I I feel like I wear a lot of hats I'm a Mm -hmm. bookkeeper I am a like virtual assistant I you know am a photo editor I take photos I am like at every single bride's beck and call yeah I'm a counselor I like all of these small things that are like start to pile up on top of each other. And while they're all fun and great, I feel like it kind of squanders my creativity a lot. Yeah. And it does start to kind of weigh on you to where it's like, okay, I just completed this task. Now I have to move on to the next task instead of, I feel like I'm, I'm moving in just like in a straight line, but I'm not going up any. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of hand actions. <laughs> Nobody can see them. It's really good for a podcast. Yeah, it's great for a podcast. So yeah, I would like to somehow get on top of all of the like nitty gritty everyday tasks so that I can have some room to to dream or grow or build yeah. in whatever yeah. direction. I think that's a really good place to be in. And it's really good that you see that too, and that you're like being proactive and like figuring it out. I'm trying. That's I got cool. one year to figure myself out. One. Yeah, then I turned 30. 30. And then she's almost dead because Josh said when you're 40, you're Come really on. dead and your legs fall off. Yep, that's True. what he said. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't it crazy to think about, like, I think about this a lot, probably too much, but I'm 28. I'm not that old, but at the same time. You're old. 
I feel old. old. No, yeah. you're super And young. I've like lived a lot of life and everything, but when you're younger and you're like in college or something, I was talking to my sister who the youngest girl and she's 21 and she's a senior in college. And it was just like weird. I saw her the last week and I went to Ole Miss and visited her. And I was like, she is 21 years old. She looks like she's 12, mm-hmm. but she's like an adult and she's like in charge of these events. And she's like planning on where she wants to move after college and what she wants to do. And like all of these very adult things. And she's not old enough. Well, (laughs) (laughs) she don't have a choice. Um, But it's just crazy to think about where I thought I would be at the age that I am and how I am really not even close to that expectation. I know. I'm not even close. I'm okay. Like, I don't, I am so glad that I'm not married and have a house and have three kids and all this kind of stuff. Like my life changed so much and yeah, I changed there, so done much. That. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. No, actually just the married part. Didn't have a house. Thank God I didn't have any kids. <laughs> Back to what I was saying about like just expectations, like where you thought you would be and everything. I mean, my life has taken so many twists and turns along the way that I never, ever thought that I'd be where I am at 28. Like I was so like, my mom had three kids by now and we got married at the same time and everything. So I thought like, Oh yeah, I got married at 21. I'll definitely have kids by now. I'll have a house. I'll have a dog. I'll have this picture perfect life, be a stay at home mom. And now like thinking of that kind of life, it's not appealing for me at this season and where I am. And I think that what I'm doing right now, I feel a lot more alive than I've ever felt before. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So it's just crazy to think about like, like I was saying, like expectations. Yeah. When you have your expectations and you think that this is the way one thing's supposed to go. Yeah. Things are going to change. You cannot control your future. True. But also like kind of looking, like taking a step outside of myself and looking at my life and being like, I could have never, ever planned for this. Yeah. Nor could I be so grateful to be where I am now. Um, you know? Yeah. I know. Like, and I, I am a huge glasses half full, very optimistic, probably too much. So sometimes I try and dabble in some realism in there, but I don't know. I just get really excited sometimes when I look at my life. And even though I have no idea what my future holds for me or what I really even want out of it, it makes me excited just to be on an adventure. We need to move to Hawaii because they say that that's where like 30 is a new 15. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing is nowadays being, you know, late 20s, early 30s. I mean, that's so, like, it, it. it's like being in your early 20s. Yeah. You know, when our parents were growing up and everything. Like, things are so different now. Like, no one really has the same expectations for you yeah. as they did. I was thinking about that. Yeah. I feel like our generation, like, there are some people who, like, got married really young. But there's, like, a lot, I feel like, just like all of us, we're all single, you know. Well, I won't be for long, but. <laughs> You're, she's engaged. Well, I mean, like, right now that I am single, you know. Like, I mean, not single, like. Yeah. But, like, single as in not married. Right? Yeah. So, I feel like there's, like, a lot more, like, millennials yeah. that are, you know. There was a 
article that came out like a week ago that said millennials are killing divorce. And oh, yeah. It's because yeah. we're like getting married later. So we're like not Making just right jumping decisions. into something. When I was growing up, I always heard this like people would talk about how you should like if you get married younger, then you'll end up growing with that person. And so like if you get married later, you'll be too established in your no, way why? of life. So it'll be harder to add someone else into that. So getting married younger is probably more beneficial for you because then you'll learn and grow together. Oh, no, you know well, who no, you are when you're probably. older. What yeah. happens is that you grow into yourself and you're like, what you the apart. hell was yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Golly. Or whoever told you that was hoping for the best for themselves. They're probably miserable yeah. right True, now. true. They're like, I'm speaking this so that hopefully it happens for me. <laughs> well, clearly it didn't work out that way for me. My ex turned into a psycho. And yeah. So, anyway. But he's remarried and... No, no, no. Not remarried. Just knocked up his girlfriend. That was a mistake. Speaking of mistakes, you have any mistakes? Always. Um, well, it could be personal, it could be funny, personal, funny. We want multiple. Okay. Yeah. I have, nitty gritty. I have lots yeah. of mistakes. So I called, I was actually, cause I'm such a perfect person and I couldn't <laughs> think of any mistakes. I called my mom and I was like, Hey mom, like, are there any mistakes that you can think of that I've made? And she's like, Oh God, where to start? <laughs> That's what you want to hear, especially from your mom. Yeah. And she was like, is anyone listening? Like, are, am I on speakerphone? Because I can start with some good ones. And I was like, yes, yes, we're on speakerphone. She was like, <laughs> okay, okay, well. And then she reminded me of this this thing that I did when I was little. So she brought up the lemonade stand that profited like 600 bucks. What? What? One time. And so there was a rumor going around school that I had leukemia. And being the business, the Excuse great me? business owner that I am, I started as an entrepreneur very young. And I was like, I'm just going to use this for my benefit. So I threw a lemonade stand where all of the proceeds went to St. Jude's Hospital. I know, it's horrible. <laughs> Don't look at me Show like me. That. I think I'm smoke coming out of Is she triggered? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> um, and we made like 600 bucks. And we were, my mom was like, I was just wondering like why every single day that summer, like y'all were wanting to do like all I, I kept on having to go back to the store to get y'all more country time. And it finally came out that like that y'all have been doing lemonade stands for St. Jude's hospital. And uh, like, it was probably one of the most embarrassing things that y'all have ever done <laughs> in my life. And so, yeah, my mom made us go back to all of the neighbor's houses that we could remember who had given us money and give all the money back <gasps> and apologize but we could. Wait, she didn't make you just like donate it actually to St. Jude's? That would be nice. <laughs> no, she wanted. That would be nice of her. It was she more wanted us to be mortified. To yeah, and go back and have to like remember who all gave us money. Oh. Mm-hmm. How did the rumors <laughs> get started? Um. So. <laughs> um. I have a disease where I pull out my hair. 
It's called Trichotillomania. And so, I like... I did a whole um, project on that in school. Whoa! Yeah. Well... You got it. That's me. And so, I guess starting from when I was eight years old, um, I wore a wig. And, uh, like, people didn't know why. And kids at school just said that I had cancer. And I would always be like, I don't have cancer. They'd be like, well, you're bald. <laughs> and uh, so people just always, like, seriously, some of my friends now, they're like, oh, you had cancer growing up. And I was like, no, I didn't. Wow. So were you actually bald? I was. Are you bald now? A little bit, yeah. Do you wear a wig now? Partially. You don't have to put this in the podcast. I don't mind it. That's so interesting. Uh, yeah. No clue. Most people don't. It doesn't look like you wear a wig. It does not. <sighs> Wait, you wear a wig right now? Uh, I wouldn't call it a wig. Sorry if this is like vulnerable for you. It's all right. I don't, I mean, I don't talk about it a lot because people don't I mean, know that I wear yeah. a wig, but I don't mind talking about it. Um, yes, I do. Cool. Crazy. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I would say it is super cool. <laughs> I love wearing wigs. Radical. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's just like really cool. Like I would have no clue. Yeah. Well, that makes sense as to why people thought you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I know. Yeah. You got some more mistakes. Sound like your mom had a whole list. Um, I'm trying to think of some. Um. How about those pants you're wearing right now? (laughs) (sighs) I thought y'all never asked. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah. Um, I wish that these awesome listeners could see these pants that I have on. (laughs) I have worn them every day for three weeks. Okay, a little backstory. She recently ventured into um, the raw denim Yes, so uh, I, world. Yeah, it, it was my 29th birthday, and I was like, you know, what could I, what could I do to like just make a big leap into this year 29? Mm. And we were in Nashville, and we were in Imogen and Willie, and Carolyn was like, man, we have always wanted a pair of these. You should try some on, and uh, I really liked the pair that the girl was wearing, and. So I put them on. I didn't even look at the price tag because I knew that I wasn't going to buy them. And, like, I I thought I looked great in them. Yeah. And uh, they just, like, came up to me and they're like, yeah, they look great. And they started, like, he- like folding them up and, like, like putting needles in them and hemming them up. And I was like. You had no choice. You're buying yeah, them. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, yeah. I was leaving so my place with them. So it wasn't your choice. No, it definitely wasn't my choice. They oh. didn't take my money from me i gave you them gave money them. yeah um and uh, they are like pure raw denim do you want to mm-hmm. tell people what raw denim is well it's denim that hasn't been treated by anything so a lot of times when you buy pants in the store and it's got like you know the the lines that look like they've been worn or they're nice and soft and everything they've gone through a lot of treatment so that they have those wear lines or holes in them or they're nice and cozy, like comfy when you put them on. Raw denim has skipped all of those. And you're supposed to wear them for an extended period of time without washing them. So you create all those lines and tears and yourself. And um, But once you first buy them, they are like, they stand up on their own. Yeah, I've like, got a picture of these jeans no treatment, standing up no on their washing. own. No treatment, no washing. 
and you're not supposed to wash them for a long time, which still boggles my mind. I like work with jeans all the time. I repair them all the time and I then smell them all the time. Yeah. (laughs) That's the main thing. Yep. So (laughs) want me to fix your pants? Please wash them first. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, the first, I would say the first like 10 days that I wore them, they, I couldn't bend over. (laughs) I couldn't sit down. Like they are, my pants are unbuttoned they, right now. Actually, yeah, my pants are unbuttoned right now because I'm I sitting. I'm wearing high pants, and I kind of want to button mine, and they're yeah. not even raw denim. They're from the thrift store. So yeah, warm. whenever Josh sees mine unzipped, he's like, "You aren't wearing like you gotta wear them. We gotta wear them in. You can't, you can't oh, unbutton Yeah. Yeah. The zipping is. Yeah. (laughs) That's a really long zipper, by the way. This zipper is like eight inches long at least. (laughs) Yeah. 12 probably. It's probably a foot. Is that a foot? It's long. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. 10. It's a 10 inch zipper. And when I sit down, it put, it like pushes every ounce of my being into my rib cage. So like if I were to not unbutton these, I can feel my ribs crunch. Oh my god! That's how hard they are. <laughs> my favorite is your Instagram story, like right when you got them, mm-hmm. and you literally like you were trying to sit in a chair, and you just I couldn't. It's like I, when I sit down, I look like a pregnant woman trying to sit down. <laughs> yeah, and, straddling the seat, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, they've started to smell. And so you put them in the freezer because you can't wash them. Yeah. Every morning I go and get them out of the freezer and my roommate just, she doesn't say anything. She just looks at me like, there's my roommate that I got on Instagram <laughs> who pulls her <laughs> jeans out of the freezer every morning. Everyone says it'll be worth it. That's what they say. We'll, we'll, we'll see you in a year. Yeah. Yeah. How long? How much longer do I have? I don't know. Jake's the professional. We should ask him. They still feel, when I rub my hands on them, they still feel like sandpaper. I don't know. We're going to have to find something. I can't give up on them. They no. cost too much money. Yeah. And you can't return them because, well, they're they've been fit, fit into my body. Booty. <laughs> <laughs> they're fit into your body. Yep. Mm. So, yeah. So, this was a mistake. <sighs> you know, there's a part of me that um, I have a desire to venture into that realm as well. Don't do it. But <laughs> I think that my weight fluctuates too much for it to really be a, an investment. Yeah. I, I, one week I could not wear them. Now this week they're way, 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 way too tight. Mm. And we'll just see how, it, how it goes. I never thought about that. Yeah. It's just an impulse. Yeah. I mean, they look really good on you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I think it is unanimous that you look good. Ugh. But I think that one of the reasons you look good, and this is one of the reasons I would feel good in them, is it sucks everything in. Mm-hmm. There's it's no sitting up there's here. no stretch. It just pushes it, it all up. It just pushes it all up, and so, it looks like I have big boobs, but it's just my fat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my fat going into boobs. my bra. But the first day I saw you wearing them, I literally thought, like, oh, she looks like, I mean, you don't not look skinny but like wow she looks like really skinny today yeah i did i remember that and then i think i told you that i was like oh cool yeah where can i get but you didn't know that i'd been standing all day because i couldn't (laughs) sit down maybe you actually like do get skinnier because you can't even sit so you just have to like yeah just stand stand i've had pairs of pants before that have like been so tight like 
because they're high waisted that it makes me look smaller. It's a they. This is a denim girdle. Mm. I would suggest <laughs> it to everybody. It's, it it it's a new fad. Yeah, the Kardashians sure. have nothing on me. They, That's right. This is a denim waist trainer. <laughs> <laughs> you got any professional mistakes like in photography or oh whatever? God, start. Yeah. Um. So I guess I was like in my second year of full time wedding photography, and I didn't. Nobody tells you how to run a business mm. or like what to do. There's not like a class that you can take where they tell People you. People should tell you how to at least pay taxes. And right. They, they don't, don't even do that. Mm-mm. So to run a full business. Yeah. So no one really told me the steps I needed to take. All I, all I did, I just, every day was a new adventure and I just, just like it still is. But <laughs> um, I just moved from Birmingham back to Tuscaloosa and we, the place that I moved into, whenever it rained, the, so like the ceiling had, the sealant had come off of the window. So whenever it rained, like water would pour in. Um, so there was this man who was fixing it and then we needed to stay at my parents' house for like two weeks. So I just like locked all my camera gear and all my stuff in my house mm-hmm. and you know, he, he didn't need to come inside. He could just fix it from the outside and just like packed a bag for my parents' house for a couple of weeks. Well, I had a wedding and it was like three days before my wedding. So I went to go get all my gear and stuff and get it ready. And it wasn't there. Oh my gosh. And, um, it was like three camera bodies two film cameras, my desktop, Mac, my laptop, um, like six lenses, at least $15,000 worth of stuff all stolen. And, uh, gosh, my grandmother had just passed away and left like this, like heirloom, like 15 carat sapphire for me. And, a necklace and a ring, like anything important that I owned mm-hmm. had been taken by the man fixing our house. Wow. And so I called the police and I told them like, all of my stuff is gone and I know who did it. And That's so dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so dumb. And, um, they like came and, you know, checked everything out and like, uh, dusted for fingerprints and they found out that there actually was a window that was open um, that he was like climbing in and out of and you could like see his handprints on the like kitchen table where he was climbing in and out to steal the stuff. But didn't he have access to your house? No, he didn't. He he didn't have access to the inside of the house. He was fixing the outside of the house. He oh. just found an open window. Oh, I was thinking like, oh, he needs to go to the bathroom or he needs to like. Mm-mm. That's and what the ones are for. Yep. Frick. He found an open window. Yep. And so the cops are like, well, it'll be like several weeks before we can do anything about this. Oh. And I was like, no, I need my stuff now. I'm shooting a wedding this weekend. Like this. This like, is my livelihood. Yeah. And he was like, they were like, well, you have, you have insurance, right? You can just get all new stuff. Uh-huh. I was like. 
well, no, no one ever told me I needed insurance. And uh, he was like, well, good luck, ma'am. Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Good luck finding your stuff. And so I called my mom and I told her what happened. And she was like, well, get in the car. We're going to all the pawn shops. And we like went to every single pawn shop and I don't know how my mom knew this, but she was like, do not walk up in those pawn shops and say my stuff was stolen. I'm here to look for it. Mm-hmm. Just we're going to go into the pawn shops and we're going to say, we are looking for a particular item. Do y'all have it? Like we want to mm-hmm. purchase this item. What a wise woman. Very. So out of like the 30 things that were stolen, the guy had taken them to like six different pawn shops across Tuscaloosa. What? Not only were they like pawned at different pawn shops, but on different dates. So he had been <sighs> going in and out of my house every day for that span of two weeks and pawning it. And uh, so that like he wouldn't look suspicious by one, like stealing all the stuff and me noticing it. Cause I was going back to my house. Yeah. Like, whenever he wasn't there to go like check on things to like grab hard drives. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I wasn't not going to my house, but he was taking it. So like slowly that I never noticed it was gone. And so we would, my mom and I would go and we'd ask about the certain items and then we'd say, well, can we look at it? And it so there's a, there's a rule or a law that you, like pawn shops can't put stuff out on the floor until a certain number of days have passed in case the police come and say that something is missing. So they would all say like, yeah, you can look at it. We've got one in the back. Yeah. Like, let me bring it out and show it to you. And uh, uh, like a week before or a week or two before, um, we moved out so that the roof could get fixed. Um, I just had a crazy idea that I was going to write down all the serial numbers. What? I know. So I wrote down all the serial numbers oh to all my gear. Oh my gosh. And the only way that I could get the stuff back from the pawn shops was if numbers? I had the serial <gasps> numbers. And so luckily, because I went to all the pawn shops that day, I was able to get all but two things back. Whoa. And because I didn't go through like the police system to do it, I was able to get it. Like immediately, immediately. and uh, what were the two things? Um, it was like a leather camera strap and a plastic Holga camera. So it wasn't even that expensive. It wasn't expensive. The Holga camera, I do, I am upset about because it was my first like gallery opening that I did Mm. when I was like fifteen. Was I took all the pictures on that camera, so it had like sentimental value yeah yeah Yeah. um but the yep i got it all back that's crazy what about the sapphire ring and diamond oh those had so this is where pawn shops suck and where the somehow the pawn shops should be sued they'd already taken all the jewelry the that wasn't the only stuff that was stolen all the jewelry in the house was stolen um, they'd already taken it all and had it melted down and cashed Whoa. out. Jeez. So that's the one thing. What about like, the diamonds? The sapphire. All gone. They melted it? They no, they just Reuse sold it. Re- yeah. Um, because there's not serial numbers on those and 
Like the pawn shops can say, oh, like, they didn't get that in. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So never what got my asshole. group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, also the funny thing about my mom, my mom's awesome. She, um, She's like, well, we need to put this man in jail. Uh, and they're like, yes, we're on it. And police or pawn shops? Uh, the uh, the police. Mm. Yes, ma'am, we're on it. And my mom was like, y'all aren't on it. I saw his truck at, I saw his truck parked outside of AA. And so my mom went to AA and like, was like, hey, you took all my daughter's stuff. And he was like, uh, 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 and like turned around and Uh the cops had like followed her and he went to jail. Yes. Go mom, go mom, go. (laughs) But I did get a letter couple of months ago saying that he got let out on good behavior you got a letter from the police department Mm -hmm. if you if you're involved in some sort of arrest or something or you're connected to it they have to notify you when that person gets out of jail how long ago was this Mm, like three years ago so he was in jail for three years uh maybe it was two years ago yeah a good a good amount of time well if you stole over fifteen thousand dollars worth of product like that makes a lot of sense i mean yeah it's crazy yeah yeah. When you went to the pawn shop and you had your serial numbers, did they just, they were like, oh, bummer, and give it back? Or did you have to buy it back? Or like, mm. what was the deal? They then had to notify the police. Mm. So so then the police came and they're like, this is a stolen item. She has proof. Here you go. Yeah. But it, honestly, had I not gone in, in to the pawn shops and done that, the police would have sat on that case Forever. for a couple of weeks. Mm. The stuff would have gone out onto the floor and, yeah. sold. and mm-hmm. already sold before at the time. God, that's so crazy. Do you always write down your serial numbers now? Mm-hmm. And you have insurance and now? have business insurance. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, wow. That was a mistake. What a story. Yeah. That's crazy. What a story. Um, well, do you want to plug some stuff? I would love to. Plug it in. Um if you would like to see some of my work, you can go to katherinetaylor.com or my Instagram is katherinetaylor. And my name is spelled phonetically. It's Catherine. Mm. No, no e. e in the middle. I make that mistake every time. There's an E on the end, but if you no phonetically E-R. spell Catherine with a C, it's katherinetaylor.com. C-A-T-H-R-I-N-E. That's right. T A Y L O R. Yep. Give me your money. Dot C O M. That's how she's become the successful <laughs> businesswoman she is today. Well, thank you for being on. Hey, yeah. thanks for thanks having for being me. Here. I love being in Josh's bed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> I do. Catherine out. <laughs> Bye. 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 This is a mistake. But everyone else would go trick or treating, and like we wouldn't even give out candy. Like mm. there was nothing that we from would do. Our house. Yeah, the gun family's lights were all cut off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Said, "Come see us on Christmas." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus' ah! birthday. Yeah. Come get a candy cane on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake. That when people started calling me and and saying how sorry they were, <laughs> and um how sad it was and is there anything they could do and all this it was because you had not you they assumed the money was being taken up for St. Jude's Hospital and that's basically what you did so basically what you did is long face line 
and stole from people. And um, now, what I told you to do is go around the neighborhood and give everybody their, their dollar back um, so, you could get, um, so you could kind of repay. And each one of y'all need to go put a dollar in everybody's bill.